football frenzy. The football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Here we go, 5 o'clock hour. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. If you're looking for the Big Five, we now do a Big Four at 4. Big Four at 4 every day, Monday through Friday. Ari is steering the ship at the Finley Toyota Studios. Uh, Remember, exactly an hour from now, we're sticking around and we'll be doing the Marcus Arroyo radio show. Tuesday airing of the show. It's normally Wednesday, but with the short week, Rebels football playing at San Jose State, 730 on Friday night. So uh, tonight we get the coach in the Marcus Arroyo radio show coming up in 59 minutes. Are you going to Kansas City? No. Are you going to attend the BYU Notre Dame game? Yes. For the paper? Yes. Interesting. I assume uh, based on your history and behind the scenes love of the Cougars program, you'll be writing a BYU feature, as we saw you do often years at uh, oftentimes over the years during the West Coast Conference tournament. I will write BYU about, guy. I will as, write as about many who, as many letters to the editor said Adam Hill, BYU guy. I will write about whoever wins the game. Okay. Wow, that was really won't pushed back. Won't really have a decision fashion. to make. I expect you to raise your voice and bow up, a la Willie Ramirez. No. Okay. Whoever wins, I'll write a story about them, and I'll. However I feel about either program, I will keep that out of the store. Yes, because I think you do have feelings. Sure. Uh, a lot of fans around Las Vegas have feelings. I was a little annoyed the other day. Did you see? Um, I feel like there should be some loyalty amongst several people who were featured in a BYU to Vegas pro, um, promo. A BYU to Vegas promo. It featured Forrest Griffin of the UFC with a Uniform reveal? Yeah, it was shot at the UFC also. It was. Uh, so you have the UFC involved, a Vegas company. Griffin this is a Vegas guy now. Then, of course, I love the Buffer Brothers, but come on. Then you got the, it's time! Like, it's Vegas, all right? You guys are both super rich. You don't have to make every freaking dime. Because you know I got all mad at Michael. I mean, he's at a Reno basketball game, you know, during the heyday with Musselman. He's out there doing his whole thing, ready to rumble. I got to pay for that. Uh, I, th- I think I think Bruce would do his arch enemy's wedding if they asked if they paid him. <laughs> we love Bruce. The check but clears. Come on, it's the Vegas. Ch- the check clears. He'll say whatever you want. If BYU calls to do a promo, what do you do? Click. Where's also I also hang was... up the phone. Where's Dana? Get Dana away on the phone. I also thought it was interesting call because... He loves Adam. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because the... It's unbelievable. The Fertitta-Notre Dame connection. That too? What yeah. the... F- <laughs> that's what I thought was I weird. I forgot about that. Yeah. I that's thought it was funny. very bizarre. Weird. That's funny. Last night we were having a conversation about the uh, Notre Dame connection with the Fertittas. Probably deeper than you think. No. Yeah. What's I, I just going thought, on I here? thought that was very bizarre. Don't be friendly to some people. Okay. Any, uh, BYU, no, there are BYU fans here. Anything, Too bad. Anything to promote the town. Too bad. Boy, I can't wait to see what that crowd's going to look like. It's going to be wild. Because it is a, it's a Notre Dame. There is no like big promoter over this whole thing. It really is a Notre Dame game. Shamrock series. So, I mean, from what we heard like two months ago, 
They had like 90% of the tickets. Now, who knows? I mean, when, like, when money, money starts to come in, you got two big money programs. Sure. We know the rooms, the, both sides were complaining about the room prices this weekend. So that game goes down at Allegiant. Should be a good game. Well, it's a Notre Dame home game, but just much like with Raiders games, the road crowd will be much louder. If you're going to bet the game, which you can't because, you know, Covering it. You're covering it. Objective, neutral. I looked for the line yesterday, and I was like, you know what? I'm taking this side. I don't like that other side. I'm like, I'm going to get some good value here. And you didn't, because the team that you thought was favored was not. How'd you know that? Because I, I saw the same thing. Did you? You looked? It was weird. I, I looked. I'm like, of course, people are down on Notre Dame. I'm going to get a good number here. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah, but they looked much better last week. Right, and I don't. I didn't think BYU looked great against no. Utah State. Yeah. This is a, it's two teams that kind of went back to where we thought they'd be after divergent starts. And so I think, you know, it, it's, it's the market sometimes is, is quick to react when it looks like what we thought three weeks ago was true. Or my football instincts are terrible because I often do that where I go look at the line and I'm like, well, they got me. They already knew. Wait, does that mean my instincts are good? Maybe. Hmm. Thinking face. That was terrible. Did you I don't just know why describe I did that. your own emotion? I don't know why I did that. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> uh, numbers around what UNLV is doing, UNLV football with some of their productive offensive players. Um, FBS transfers at running back. Aiden Robbins leading the group of guys like Adrian Martinez, who went from Kansas State. Check that. Nebraska to Kansas State. Day Day Hunter. At Liberty from Hawaii, Xavier Hall- or Valade, Xavier Valade from Wyoming, Arizona State. Robbins is leading the way. All transfer FBS to FBS running backs. Not all running backs, right? No rushers. That's a good point. I just said yeah because yeah. we mentioned a quarterback. Yeah, rushers. So five oh six. So he's on pace to rush for twelve fourteen. I I have a feeling that he's not going to get to twelve fourteen because I think. They are going to start uh, giving more carries to Courtney Reese. They're going to they're going to give some more looks to Courtney Reese to change things up. You know, because most game plans now are designed for what they were doing with Aiden Robbins. Uh, I also i I would guess that because they're down a bunch of receivers this week against San Jose State on Friday night, it uh, looks like Nick Williams is out. Kyle Williams and Weimer are. You know, 99% out. So now you're getting a lot deeper in your receiving core. And they really haven't used Reese a whole lot. He had a couple good moments in this last game. So I think you're going to see him catching the ball to the backfield, maybe split out every once in a while, maybe some uh, some screen plays. Just a guess. That makes sense. Yeah. Small, fast guy as opposed to the big, fast guy. But Courtney Reese is really fast and really elusive and a giant pain in the ass to tackle. Yeah. And I think in addition, like, you don't want to – Put too much wear and tear on on Robin, so that uh, might be good to mix up some other things. Boy, I'm picking a side on this one, and I'm pretty strong on this. I picked it a couple weeks ago with Giselle and Tom. I was never a Tom Brady fan, but man, this thing blowing up during the football season, I I just. I guess I, I need to know about the real details in their relationship. Apparently, divorce lawyers are now involved with Giselle and Tom Brady. To do this during the football season, ugh. Sorry, well, lady. I mean, and we can confirm now that's why Tom left. I think we're that's yeah. pretty safe. Uh, and by the way, I do love all the 
the white knights out there, who of course are single, um, getting annoyed that sides are picked. This is what happens. This is what happens. How about we coexist, get through the season, and uh, if we can't make nice, then we take care of business. To do it during the season, crap. And by the way, it might be Brady who said, that's enough. I got to go to work. Maybe this is going to be a good thing for Tom Brady. I have no idea because I don't know how intense this is. I don't know if it means like he's he's just going to bail the hell out and deal with it after the season. I don't know if this is going to be a freaking thorn in his side every week dealing with it. It seems like it has been. No, he's going to play much better because he's got to he's got to impress the ladies on the road. Okay, I don't <laughs> I don't think I'm guessing that Tom Brady's main goal with a divorce. Pending oh, it's just isn't a, going to be, it's going to be smash like crazy. La- landing took us the rest of the football <laughs> of season. Co- some fresh took us. Of course it is. No, it's not. Of course it is. Show my man some respect. No, that's a, that's absolutely. He's what been a hundred percent loyal. He's like a he's like Derek Jeter. You know, looking at steroids. Yeah, would never do it. Sure. Tom Brady's like, hey, my kids, football. That's what I'm focused on. I no. love Todd Bowles. Football. No, it's not. It's not how it's going to be. Tom, he's going to go crazy. He's going. It's going to be. It's revenge season. It's single season yeah. for Tom. He this. He is going to excel at levels we've never seen before, both on and off the field. By the way, it's not funny. Breakups suck. Divorce sucks. Not for them. But we're creeps, so we start thinking about what's what's actually happening here. Thinking about the football season and I, and your note that you sent over that he's going to be good again now. Yeah. What does that mean? Because what I said. He's 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 got that weight off of his shoulders of a family that just ties you down family. and ruins everything. Adam, it's very much anti tree, yes. sure. anti scenery, sure. anti drummers, anti family. Well, not not, drum, anti- not drummers in general. Giselle, drums in marching bands, not drums in general. Okay, like drumming in a, in a regular band is fine. I love marching bands. Marching bands are just stupid. Yes. And but I, I having a family is stupid. I don't know what that means. Good again now. He's been fine this he, season. No, he hasn't. He stinks. Really? He stinks. How do we judge that? I mean, statistically. Okay. What's your main source normally? Fantasy football. Okay. Beyond that. What do you mean? I don't know. Pro football focus. Sure. He's number eight in the league uh, by PFF. He's a number three passer by PFF. What's the problem? He stinks. Ah! They don't always get it right, apparently. They don't always get it right! I'm surprised you didn't come back with you're reading the numbers incorrectly. You, you can are. You can double-check during the break. I, I uh, was setting you up there. When you said he sucks, I was like, I'm going to go to Adam's favorite source. He's still number eight. By the way, this this one, I don't know what you're going to do with this because you swear by PFF. Gino Smith, number one. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm not saying they're wrong because he actually, in a half and then last game, was very good. I don't know, man. He's making plays. He's out there making plays. Look, yeah, out. You're, you're having trouble short, buying it. Short sample size. All right. Do we have an issue at PFF? Didn't uh, didn't one of the main bosses leave? A lot of people that, left, actually. Is, is that, there is actually place is. falling apart? I'm finally on board at PFF, and it's like, wait, wait. I think they're, I think they're going through. By the way, I'm kidding. They, no, but they, they are going through a transition. They've lo- yeah. They lost a lot of people this offseason who have gone on to much bigger projects because they've been so good, and I think there is a transition period. Not that, you know. I, not that I don't still trust a lot of what they do, and they have a lot of a lot of the scouts that are still watching all the videos and the coaches and that sort of thing. So, um, 
I, I think that they're they're still very very good, but I think there is a transition process going on. Let's see if you agree with some early season assessments going into Week Five for the Raiders. First of all, the offensive line is now set. I don't know about that. How close is it to being set? Well, first of all, how is it set by what it, what they started the game with or what they ended the game with on on Sunday? Right tackle was, was a revolving door again. Sure. Uh, and I don't know what their what their plan is going to be there necessarily. I also don't know if Alex Bars is the long term answer at left guard, but he was okay. Uh, I, I still think there's some questions. I think they're closer. I, I, I do think they like having Andre James there in the center to solidify things. They've got how they ended the game with two two rookies on the right side, uh, rookies that they drafted that they believe in that they are developing and they think are are going to be okay. Um, I thought that they allowed them to just get out and run block a lot in the second half, which helped because it builds confidence and it wears down the defense and a lot of what they were to do uh, in terms of a lot of the struggles have been really in pass blocking and they didn't have to do that as much because they could, they weren't as predictable because they weren't behind. So a lot of those things are working hand in hand. Is this the, the long-term, you know, everything's fixed. I don't know. I don't think so, but it's closer. You know, if it's a work in progress, it's closer to the end than it is the beginning. I would think. It's a cleanup Tuesday. We always do this when Adam Hill is in to talk Raiders. A couple of days removed from the game, you know, watching film, getting the uh, PFF ratings on the way back. We'll get into what the run game did, red zone, and also the outstanding season and recent performance of Max Crosby. Today after Cofield and Company, it's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show at 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Las Vegas. This is JT for Grimaldi's Pizzeria, cold-fired brick oven pizza, a must-have for anyone craving great pizza. Locations at Boca Park, the Palazzo, South Rainbow, and Green Valley. Learn more at GrimaldisPizzeria.com. There's just times where you just got to make sure that you are thinking about the durability yourself in regards to what needs to get done as opposed to that one play. You know, is the squeeze worth the juice on a third and 14 trying to run back over? No, it's not. There's some learning there for sure. We're working every day at it. And I say working every day at it. We are adamant about it. It's mind numbing right now when I put some stuff on and, and we're on him. So he's getting it. He'll get it. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Marcus Arroyo radio show coming up at six o'clock. That was Marcus Arroyo from his Monday football press conference. UNLV head coach. They're out to a four to one, uh, four and one start. He was talking about Doug Brumfield and protecting himself when he plays. And you notice towards the end there, he's like, we're adamant about it. It's a really hard thing when you at times need your quarterback to be mobile, but also really produce offense. Like how do you, what do you do to teach him? It's just those little moments. Like when you have a chance to get down, you got to get down. Or when you can get out of bounds without getting destroyed, get out a little earlier. But it's a fine line. Always, always is. Always, it's always been a discussion with quarterbacks who are mobile and can run and what what can be done. And it's a discussion with defensive players. Like how do you try to go tackle somebody when you're not really allowed to? It's 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 a crazy line on both sides of the ball for sure. All these high hopes for UNLV. People are really excited. Hey, make a bowl game, get it done. I mean, a lot of it does hinge on Brumfield protecting himself and not getting hurt. And we know last year he did. Now I think their backup situation is much better than it's been in, in years. Yeah. You know, if they need to go to Freel, I think he'll be fine. I don't know where Bailey is right now in terms of his pace because he, ha- he had to kind of pick things up and start a little sense of urgency. So you don't want Brumfield to go down. But reality is he runs. 
It could happen. And I'm telling you, San Jose State, I'm not saying they're dirty, but they will take some shots. It's just the way they play. Yeah. No question. They walk that line and they have, you know, big, intimidating dudes uh, up front in that front seven. They don't have a Max Crosby. I do think Fajoko and Hall are future NFL players. So we were just talking about Crosby and his productivity. He's ha- he was having a really good season going into the last game. He had a freaking monster game. Yeah, no no question about it. And I, I mean, the place where he's made the most strides is against the run. There's no question. Um, he has dedicated himself in that regard uh, in terms of defensive ends who both get run stops and pressures on the quarterback. He is by far number one in the league. Um, and a run stop is essentially stopping a running back short of what the expected yards to gain on a play was. So it's a pretty convoluted, complex stat, but uh, he's way up there in it. Uh, he's, in fact, somebody put out a chart of run stops and pe- pressures by defensive ends, and Crosby's essentially off the chart. There's there's nobody else in that realm. And Crosby is a guy who struggled against the run early in his career. So to make those strides has been pretty incredible. And now the you know the pressure, the sacks are kind of catching up with the pressure numbers as well. Uh, he's just playing on a different level. And look, I know people are frustrated and upset. I do think Chandler Jones has a pretty big part in that. There's a lot that he's doing in terms of taking some of the attention away. Uh, I'm sure Chandler Jones will be the first person to tell you that he wants to, you know, put up some of those numbers that are on the back of a football card, if that's still a thing. Uh, but he is a presence. Like there is, there's something about him being on the field that does help in that regard. Now, if defensive att- or offensive attention starts completely shifting and totally focusing on Crosby, then Jones will have to be able to take advantage of that and, you know, make some plays. But for right now, I, I do think that they're they're working together. And credit to the interior defensive line, too, who get no attention and no focus. But they they do a lot in terms of tying up some of the offensive linemen to allow Crosby to operate in the way that he wants to. Where are they right now with the red zone? And by where are they, both the offense and the defense? Well, the keyword is execution, Steve. Uh, and I don't know if that's the old joke of, you know, execute better or they should be executed. Uh, but the, it's not been it's not been good, and it, it's interesting that you when you ask a question about getting better, coaches, players, everyone just says got to execute. Well, what does that really mean? Um, when you are succeeding, you'll say that you're executing, and when you're not, you'll say that you're not executing. Well, that's a very simple, I guess, thing to say, but it's also it's kind of the company line, and it's also kind of true in some regard of. Everything is magnified where, you know, if you're at the 50-yard line, you run a play, yes, everyone has to kind of do their job, but there are just plays that can be made. You have a lot of field to operate with. Sometimes plays are just made, even if not everybody's doing their job. In the red zone, when everything's so constricted, if one of the 11 in the unit doesn't do what they're supposed to do, then a lot of times that is going to affect the outcome of the play a lot more than it would at other areas of the field. So. That's kind of what they're getting at. That's what they're referring to when they talk about execution. But it's, you know, again, last game, we didn't talk as much about it because they were able to win. But it wasn't great in the red zone again. Like, those things are still showing up. And it's not just this year. It's not just a new system, all those things. Like, it's been showing up for a while. Like, it's why, one of the reasons why, I mean, his effectiveness is there too, but it's one of the reasons why Daniel Carlson has led the league in scoring two years in a row. It's not just because he's great at kicking field goals, which he is. He also gets a lot of opportunities. What was the greeting like at the game for the Aces? Good. Really yeah. good. And, and 
I, it's it's something that was very very fascinating to me. By the way, was Logan Paul there? Yeah. Did he, he get was, put up on the screen? Yes, he was not. What happened there? Same greeting? He did not get a welcome reaction. Okay. Which is what he wants. So stop giving what he wants. Don't boo him. Just sit there quietly. Wants. Yes. Just, just, just it, crickets. It, one, a great reaction would be, who? But not out loud. Just everybody saying it to each other. And like you hear a rustle in the crowd of like, who? Who's that guy? <laughs> that's that's the ideal reaction. Um, I found it very fascinating that the crowd for both the Raiders and Broncos both cheered. Like to me, that is that's disrespectful for a Broncos fan to politely applaud. Boo them! You what don't like mean? you don't like Vegas. Oh, okay. Boo them! Hate everything. They're, Vegas. They're they're elite athletes. They're not some girls that just had a nice. Oh, little you effort. took it as a you girl it was like, moment. Oh, hey, good for them! Like no, no. You've really arrived when you're hated. Yes, like male athletes. Why are. were the Broncos fans cheering? It drove me nuts. Interesting thought. But yes, it very, drove you very, nuts. It did. Very, very good reaction. Maybe you're a little, a little too tightly wound. It drove me nuts. Well, perhaps. Sure. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Time number 1.7 million that I've thought that. Maybe. Yes. Kelsey Plum is going to be doing a meet and greet. How cool is that? That was random, right? It just you know, Somehow we flowed <laughs> into that one. Solid 11A to 1230 on Saturday. Finley, VW, and Henderson. Raffles, prizes, free food. It's brought to you by Raisin Canes and uh, also Westar Credit Union. Ari will be on the scene from ESPN Las Vegas, so we'll be throwing in a lot of the prizes. But yeah, Kelsey Plum from the Aces this Saturday, Finley VW in Henderson, 11 A to 12 30. We don't turn the ball over. We convert some third downs and we do better in the red area. Those are the things we can control. Obviously, I have great faith in our defense to do their job. They're saying the same thing about us. And if we do that, we'll just be fine. The game will take care of itself. We have to worry about what we control first. And that's ball security. That's field position. That's converting third downs, converting short yardages, and get scoring when we get in the red area instead of the 10-yard line. And if we do that, I'm sure the game will take care of itself. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Mick Lombardi, the EOC for the Raiders, talking about the matchup against the Chiefs and controlling what you can control. Let's talk some Raiders. Sounded like a really good question, actually. Yes. <laughs> I heard you ask a lot of questions yes. today during availability. Mervin Fernandez is with us, one of the Raiders' legends, played wide receiver for the Raiders, late 80s, early 90s. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? We're better. We're better doing sports talk radio was not going to be fun covering an 0 4 team. At least, at least, yeah, you know, Sunday got us a little bit of hope. So, uh, what do you think right now about the Raiders season and, you know, an interesting start? Well, it does help when you get that win, you know, yeah. get that uh, first monkey off your back with that kind of start. Really, no one, I don't think anyone expected us to uh, start 0 uh, 3, and uh, it was kind of shocking, but. You know, they look like world beaters out there uh, last week and looking for more of that. What, what did you see that was different that you liked? I I saw the intensity out on the field. I, I saw no mistakes. I saw guys that just seemed on a different level of hunger, uh, how bad they wanted it. And I'm sure it was drilled in their heads and, and, and in their psyche that uh, we cannot start this season 4 and up. I mean, 0-4. Huh. You uh, as a as a wide receiver, did you like that they got the running game going, or do you want to see them throw every single play? <laughs> well, that was only if I was still in Canada. <laughs> okay. In the NFL, I think we we need to have that balance. You need to have that balance of the running game to suck up those linebackers and open it up over the middle and and everything else. And 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 Jacob was running 
hard and aggressive, and uh, yeah, I think that opened up everybody. And then you get on that that role where where the confidence is high, and you feel like you can do anything, and nobody can stop you. And that's kind of where they played the whole game. I'm I'm curious as somebody who who played the position, what what is it that makes Devontae Adams so special? I think he's just a a, a, a physical. His knowledge of the game, uh, he runs excellent routes, and you know it all. It all boils back down to confidence. It all boils down to uh, you feeling like you can do whatever you want when you want to do it. And I think you know he had that with Aaron Rodgers, and you know they're trying to get that back with uh, with Carr. Even though they played together in, in college, you know that was a little while ago, and obviously plays are called different now. And you know he's got to get comfortable with it. But I. I a hundred percent, it's going to happen. How, how difficult is it to find that chemistry with a quarterback? It's it's pretty hard. I mean, you got to put in the time, like anything else. But uh, you know, I, I know they're good friends, and I know you know you got to put in the work before and after practice. You got to watch the films, and you know you got to get on that same page. And with training camp being so short, I think they miss a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, getting that chemistry going. You only do so much until you get in the games, and then the games are, you know, it's a whole different thing. Former Raiders receiver Mervin Fernandez is with us, a great player in the CFL as well. What would you make all the stuff early in the season about ball distribution and how many targets? I just wonder what it's like for a quarterback. You have a good amount of weapons, but, you you know, it's funny because week one he targeted Adam 17 times, and I think week two it was five, so, you know, people are complaining it's too much and it's not enough. Well, you know, guys, as receivers, we, we want the ball every play no matter what. We're open and not open, right? So, you know, all other receivers are thinking, hey, well, if they're going to be throwing the ball to him this much, when am I going to get to touch the ball? So it's it's a fine line and it's a balance. And, you know, it's it's almost like the thing in the basketball game when the guy's got the hot hand, you got to go to him. You know, obviously, Carr and uh, Adams have a, a, a good working relationship They. They need to fine-tune that now that they're back on the same team. But, you know, we got a lot of good players out there, and a lot of guys can do a lot of different things. Have you met McDaniels? No, I haven't. Uh, I The first time I'm going to go to the uh, stadium this year is, uh, I believe it's the uh, November 13th game. Right. Uh, we had a Raider reunion, but uh, he wasn't there that night. So, no, I haven't met him yet. Yeah, I wonder what your impression of him is going to be. And, and what I was leading to is just talking about stability of the organization. Because, you know, looking back when you played, it was a really interesting period in Raiders history. And, of course, Mike Shanahan, you know, was your coach at the beginning of your yeah. run with the Raiders. Uh-huh. And I, I just I wonder for a player when there's that much, uh, you know, upheaval going on, what it's like, you know, you, know, well, you eventually switched on. You, you, you played for Art Shell. Keep for going. the quarterback position because, you know, when when one coach leaves, he brings in a whole new playbook, a whole another set of plays. I mean, when when Gruden left, I'm sure that helped them because they they brought an interim coach in. And then when that didn't happen, the following season, now he's going to have to learn a whole new playbook. Football is football, but terminology is 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 a whole different thing for for each different coach and. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be stressful for the players to, you know, have to pick up a uh, a whole new playbook and and learn the different ins and outs and how the coaches and different coaches actually want it done. And you know, it takes a minute. 
Who did you relate to better, Shanahan or Archell? Um, you know, they were two good guys. I think that uh, I had uh, more of a rapport with with Shell, but um, it was it was different. I mean, when 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 Shanahan was there, we were loaded at the wide receiver spot with uh, Tim Brown and James Lofton and Willie Gold and you know a couple other guys, and they didn't know what to do with us. I had to literally play 15 plays and come out of the game, and then James would go in, and same on the other side with Tim and Willie. We literally split nobody who, no matter who had the hot hand or who was doing great or who was doing bad, you played, you had 15 shots at it, and then you have to come out of the game, and the other guy would go in for 15. So I thought that was a little crazy, but, you know, it seemed to work out. We had some good games, and uh, we had some good runs at it. We almost got there. Obviously, we've talked many times about the Raiders organization and, and you know being a family and the togetherness that everybody still has. Uh, you said there's a reunion and you're coming back in a little bit. It has, has anything changed the fact that they're in Vegas or is it still the same organization? You know what? I think it's actually gotten better. I just think that there's so many guys that want to be a part of this Raider scene, uh, not Raider scene, Vegas scene, huh. that uh, they're just trying to spread it out more and give everybody an opportunity to do uh, some of the games and, you know, the promotional stuff in the city and, you know, that kind of stuff. When we're in Oakland, uh, we pretty much had a core group and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and obviously they were running it a little different. And like, if we had a, a, a group of guys that we would be there every game and we might bring in a couple extra guys from different eras and stuff. But most of the time it was the same guys doing the sweet visits and fan appreciation, that kind of stuff. And, and now it's just a whole group of, you know, all kinds of guys from all over the place. But, you know, it's all good. Give everybody a chance to be a part of it. We're still a family. We we all appreciate the Davises and what they've done and what they're still doing. It's a beautiful stadium and beautiful place to watch a game. And, you know, I wish I was out there getting some of that money and some of that uh, run <laughs> yeah. out there in that indoor nice stadium. Would, would you have wanted to play with a nightclub in the end zone? <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> I think that would be right up my alley. Um, no, it's it's an awesome stadium, and uh, well, I just it's just it's just awesome that they get to have a, a house to to work in like that. I'm sure they love it. Yeah, last week was Broncos week. This is Chiefs week. <clears throat> Who do you hate more? <laughs> oh wow, that's a good question. Um, Broncos, Chiefs. I mean, we we don't have a whole bunch of love lost for either one of those teams. I think that we've been playing so many so many years. Well, they've been playing so many years that you know the rivalry is there, and you know uh, we do whatever we can to beat that team. If you can beat those two teams in the season, and that's that's a feather in your cap because it definitely is a rival. There's there's no love lost between those two teams. I always uh, liked to play against the Chiefs because they were uh, on the turf, and I loved playing on the turf. And uh, huh. you know, it was uh, it, it was a heated uh, situation. Getting to the stadium, being at the stadium, you can you can feel the energy for sure. The voice of former Raiders receiver Mervin Fernandez. So I'm going up to San Jose with UNLV football. UNLV is going to be playing San Jose State. I assume oh, you're paying. Okay. Yeah, you're, I assume you're paying attention to what's going on with the Spartans. They're pretty good this year. 
Yeah, they're getting it done. It's uh, exciting. I mean, it's 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 long overdue, and uh, they got a good looking quarterback. They got some good running backs, and yeah, I might even make it down to that game. Um, I live uh, probably about an hour away from the stadium, and you know, I might make a road trip and come on down and see the guys. You should do it. Friday night game, seven thirty kickoff. You know, we've had you on before. I've never asked you about your path before and then right after San Jose State, um, and you were a San Jose guy. Um, tell yep. the audience here about, you know, making your way to San Jose state. Cause you know, it wasn't the easiest path and then your decision, you know, at some point to, uh, to go pro. Well, I was, uh, I was at San Jose state. Well, actually, uh, when I graduated from, uh, high school, uh, I didn't have the grade. So I was actually, this is a long story, but <laughs> All right. so long story short, I was supposed yet. to go to USC, had to go to DeAnza to get my grades up. Wow. Uh, while I was playing at the ends of the uh, coaches were familiar with Utah University. So they just kept hounding me, and I never heard from uh, uh, USC. And so I'm, I thought that they weren't interested anymore, and the coaches were all in my ear about going to Utah. So I went to Utah. And I stayed there for six months, went through the spring game, and said, I got to get out of here. Really? <laughs> so I came back to uh, San Jose State. I believe that was 80. I had the red shirt because we were in the conference, so I had the red shirt. I played 81. That was the only year I played at San Jose State. We went to the California Bowl, and I scored a few touchdowns. We almost won it. Lost in the uh, last couple of seconds. We had Jerry Wilhite was uh, our running back. Steve Clarkson was our quarterback. We had a couple other guys, yeah. Stacy Bailey and Mark Nichols, and they all went pro. And, uh, yeah, then uh, – I took off to Canada. I was actually not going to play football, and you know, I was married. I had a son, still married to the same woman, 43 right. years. <laughs> Three kids and seven grandkids. Long story short, we're, uh, everybody's good, and uh, you know the football thing just kept rolling. So I'm kind of jumping around, but yeah. at uh, the end of uh, my First season at San Jose State, like I said, I was like not going to even play football, going to take care of the family. And a guy named John Herrera, with, who was affiliated with San Jose, with uh, the Raiders, asked me if I wanted to play in Canada. And then I went down there, and the rest was history. I won Rookie of the Year, and we won a couple great cups during that time, and uh, one most valuable player. And then Al Davis came calling. Got to the Raiders in 86, and, you know, played until. Uh, Ninety-two. There you go. I'm glad you mentioned some. Of the, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a great. It really is a great story, and it shows there's no. Uh, not everyone goes a traditional path to make it to the NFL. And uh, to close out, Correct. yeah, the first time I went up to San Jose to cover a football game, you know, I walk in that stadium, and I think the stadium is approaching 100 years old now. And I looked at yeah. sort of the Ring of Honor, and it was like, my God, there's a lot of football yeah. royalty from San Jose State. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of a lot of great players have come out of there. Yep, Bill Walsh, sure. Bill Walsh, and a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah. And a ton of receivers like yourself. Mervin, hey, we appreciate yeah. a couple minutes. Thank you so much. We'll Thank see you. Thank you very much. I'm sorry about yesterday. I was at Vita Blues Golf Tournament, and it was coming up on time. And then I forgot, and then it was like uh, uh, 4.35, and I was calling. Yeah. And I didn't get through, and then I got through, and then it was you guys had already filled the slot. So that was on me. It's okay. We got it done. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you. There he is, Mervin Fernandez.
Raiders receiver, and yeah, got the year at San Jose State, went on to the CFL, was freaking awesome there, landed with the Raiders, and you could see what Al Davis was interested in. You know, it was always speed, and this guy, in the case of Mervyn Fernandez, you're talking about a speedy guy, and at 6'3", and you heard the other receivers that were around him. Tim Brown was just coming into the league. James Lofton is, you know, a veteran receiver. Willie Galt was on the freaking team. So talk about, so talk so about speed, speed in that group. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Give away those Eddie Vedder tickets. Uh, we had uh, notified everyone on Twitter. We'll try to do that more about times of giveaways. Eddie Vedder, lead singer Pearl Jam, this Friday, Park MGM, Ticketmaster.com is where you can grab the tickets. But we've got two tickets right now, 364-1100, 364-1100. got the two tickets, caller seven, to go see Eddie Vedder this Friday. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Thanks to Mervyn Fernandez for popping on. Raiders receiver who uh, took a little while to get to the NFL, and I, I thought that was fascinating. He was like, "I was, I was done. I wasn't going to play football." Like the going to Utah, I'm just like, "Nope, <laughs> I'm out." It's an acquired taste. Of course, it is. I still don't have the taste. Me neither. I still have not made that acquisition. I don't think I ever will. At this point, I, I think we're setting our ways. I will say, uh, Logan, Utah has improved. In term, well, it has. I've been going on a regular basis for the last five years covering UNLV. It's gotten better. They opened a real bar where you don't feel like you're doing something wrong by simply getting a drink. Uh, they have more restaurants than ever. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it with you around. Uh, the night before the UNLV game, I was walking to a convenience store, and there was a young man completely passed out sleeping in the grass. So I think that's real growth. You sure. never see that. You never see that there. I might have to give them another chance up Is there. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. People drunk and passed out. That's a positive for a city. Of course it is. Not really. No. Things are on he, the upswing. He was at peace. Sure. He was at peace. It was good stuff. What do you make of what's going on in SMU football? Well. They got a bunch of their key players who said, you know what? I don't know what they said, but through the, through four games, while they can still maintain eligibility, they're like, "Yeah, I'm done. We're not playing." Uh, you know, this group is not playing, and we're transferring. It also sounds like maybe the entire program got kind of screwed by the hurricane because it's random because they're in Texas, not in Florida. Right? They were supposed to play in Florida last week. The game got canceled, and so they would have had a fifth game, which means they don't have the red shirts. And now this week they said, "Eh." We might we might be shutting this down. I'd like to hear more about this because they they were also programmed through NIL. I thought they guaranteed thirty six grand to everyone on the roster. Yeah, nice. So take, from a money the standpoint, money the, the, the kids were being taken care of. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I we still haven't seen stories on what happens to the money and obligations because it's outside. Technically, it's outside the school's purview. So, like, I I don't know. Uh, I know Boise's very aggressive. Uh, Boise State with basketball with. NIL deals. Like, in fact, when they got transfers in, part of the announcement for returnees 
Like their point guard came back and it's like, hey, he's back, sponsored by this, this, and this. I wonder with Bachmeyer if he had some obligations and what happens. Hey, client X paid for 12 or 13 games, bruh. Are you allowed to do that, though? Because that would be tied no, to the school. I have no idea. It seems like that would be illegal. What, what I will say is... You're saying, hey, the deal is good for the season, whether he plays or not, and that could be the coach The coach benches him, he gets hurt, or he decides to leave. Well, and, and it's pretty important to, to also say with the SMU kids, they're not leaving. Yeah. They're just not playing. Oh, yeah. But we'll stay. Oh, they're going to finish out. So that, they're, they're maybe finish that's out tied year. in, too, of like, if you leave the school... There could be something tied in, but like, hey, we're here, so give us our money. We're not playing. Now, because it's SMU, it won't really matter. If this happens at a major school, rules will change the next day. What do you mean? In terms of, yeah, you can't just play four games and then take a red shirt, That's, especially if you transfer. If you take a red shirt, you have to stay at the same school. You can't take a red shirt and leave. Like Things like that will happen Remember if it's a major school. That happened at Houston because Dana Holgerson was uh, thinking about you know the future, so then, then Derek King, King <laughs> yeah. is like, hey, I'm in a red shirt. You're basically like saying, hey, this year's kind of lost, so he'll be around next year. And then, of course, Left. you know, the feeding frenzy and, you know, Oklahoma's coming in, Miami's coming in. He wound up going to Miami and didn't finish out at Houston. So we'll see if the, the – I, I have no idea what rules they can change and what they can't. Uh, you know, the whole transfer portal thing, who knows? Wild. It's all wild. Right? And b- back to Bachmeyer for a second. So Bachmeyer was the starting quarterback for Boise. He decides to leave – Going into the fifth game, and I was just thinking, hey, if he has to fulfill his NIL, you know, it's local businesses. If you're the local business, you're like, yeah, no. You know, just keep the money. I don't want to be tied to you. Because if you read the mess, I'm not, I don't think people are this hardcore that they, some are, but they would make a decision like whatever, Tony's Pizza in Boise. And Bachmeyer's like, yeah, I'm gonna still fulfill it. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll tweet. I'll do Instagram. And t- Tony's Pizza's like, no, no, we don't want you to. No, they, these fans don't like you. But that, that's, I, I tell you, re- college football fans and the way they react to certain situations. Bachmeyer did some good work for him. He really did. And some of the threads I was reading, like the other day, Andy Avalos, the head coach, turned down the opportunity at the press conference to talk about Bachmeyer, and a lot of the fans were like, good. He's in the past. Move on. Like, my God. Well, that's... Sometimes kids change their minds. Sometimes their relationship doesn't work out. Chillax. On a side note, because you mentioned uh, sponsored tweets just a second ago. Did you see? I I, I don't... This had to be just planned and some sort of mistake, but uh, one of the major blogs, I guess, has a sponsored post every day. And so today, it was Tom Brady and Giselle have hired divorce attorneys presented by... Like, wait, what? Like, did, did you clear this with the sponsor? And it was a car company. It was a major car company. But like, did, did somebody clear this and say, you're, this is what you're going to be sponsoring? Because it, it was very random. Stick your hand in there, Dave. How mad are you? Very, all the time. Why? Survey of NBA GMs. Okay. Bucks win the title in the West. Clippers over... Your dubs, you have been a long we're used, time we're used to being doubted. dubs fan of now 37 months. It was it's a big it's a big stretch in our history though. We went from worst team in the league to champion. You were there for the whole thing, all the tough times. Climbed up the charts. And hey, look, if you still want to doubt us after all that we've been in three years going from worst to first, and you're still gonna doubt us. Okay, we'll see at the end of the year. I think it's great motivation, and honestly, I 
I mean, Kawhi's won a title. I got to see it from the Clippers. It's like breaking the jinx. Clippers, Clippers have me have me nervous though. Oh, they're super talented. I saw, well, but I saw I saw Paul George and John Wall sitting on the bench eating popcorn yesterday. I was like, oh no, we're in trouble. They're 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 relaxed. <laughs> it was quite a picture. Well, you guys, the I don't know why I'm calling them the you guys. This is ridiculous that My I bought dubs? into this stupid thing that you're My a GSW dubs. fan. But a long journey. Yeah. Your group is pretty relaxed as well. We're fine. No, I don't think they're sweating too much. We're fine. Over in Japan, playing playing games. It's fun. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. I was watching. The, the Coach's Show is on the way. 60 minutes of Rebel football talk getting ready for the game on Friday against San Jose State. Stick around.